Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Welcome everybody to Detroit Kool-Aid. Uh, this is Mike coming at you here on a Friday. Once again, solo show this week. I'm hoping everybody had a happy Thanksgiving, even though the Lions pretty much laid a turkey on that game. And, uh, you know, we're blown out by the Texans, you know, an average Texans team. I don't feel like covering them. I want to move on from that game. We all know what happened there. Uh, funniest thing that came about from that game was uh, many Lions fans donating to uh, Deshaun Watson's charity, you know, uh, doing $13 at a time for Matt Patricia's 13 wins that he had as the Detroit Lions coach. Um, you know, you know, a little bit of good came out of that loss, and that would be the big thing anytime donating to charity. That is an awful nice thing. But once again, it's here on a Friday, so we all know what happens. A uh, little bit of cold weather moved through here, uh, being the beginning of December. But uh, once again, football weekend here. Lions got the Bears coming up. I'll talk about that here in a little bit. So uh, once again, it's warm. It's going to be a little chilly outside. Maybe you have a little Christmas shopping to do, but uh, you can do that on Saturday. You know, uh, stay in, watch NFL. You know, hopefully your fantasy teams are still doing well. Everybody knows I'm not a huge fantasy guy. So who's ever you know in the fantasy, you know. Their teams are doing well. You know, good luck to you. So hang around, watch that. Once again, watch Lions and Bears, see how the team's going to do it with uh, Daryl Bevel as the interim coach. So uh, as always, you know, taking out Chicago. Chicago makes me think of pizza. You know, go get yourself a Chicago-style pizza, a deep dish, if you like that, which I do. Being, you know, I've been to Chicago a few times, and once again, whenever in Chicago, I'm I'm having a Giordano's pizza and drinking old-style beer. You know, uh, that's when in, when in Rome, do what the Romans do. As always, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. So uh, what I want to start out with, I'm sure everybody's, you know, wanting to hear this from me. I know, I know Derek has a takes, but uh, everybody's like, oh, Mike, you're just going to go off and talk about Matt Pat, and that's what you're going to, you know, talk about him getting fired, and, you know, you're the downer of the team, so you're probably happy that he got fired, and... You know, I'd like to change it up and say, no, I'm not going to do that. But I'm not going to do that. Of course, you know, I want to start off by saying, Matt, Pat, goodbye. You know, uh, it was one of those things where it lasted a little too long. I know people were like, you know, you just can't be flipping coaches all the time, flipping GMs all the time. You never get anywhere. Look at the Steelers. They keep the same coaches for a while. Look at the Packers. They do that, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay, we got it. Everybody knows my take on those teams how I feel about them, whatever, you know, I respect what they've done, okay, but, you know, they're the Packers and Steelers and stuff like that, okay, I got it, you know, whatever, you know, I got it, but anyways, it was obviously not working with Matt Patricia here, uh, he alienated some players, and, you know, everyone's like, oh, this guy's just a cancer, that guy's just a cancer, he's this, it could be a number of reasons why, you know, him, Bob Quinn, smartest men in the room, want to play that card all the time, we often wonder where some of their draft picks were like, 
who's this guy? I mean, I think Jelani Tavai comes to mind on a big one. You know, Tracy Walker, which Derek had really high hopes for. I had high hopes for. I was really coming around him this year. Thought he was going to take a big step forward. He hasn't done as much. These were guys, like, when they were drafted, were like, who? Where? You're taking them where? But it's just not working out. Once again, smartest guys in the room. And I don't know. I'm not one of those guys that's just, like, thinks, like, you can't work a football team hard. And that seemed to be one of the biggest things that he did to alienate the players. I mean, these guys are in excellent shape. They work all year round. It's not like the olden days where guys had to come in. You know, in the first few weeks, you would often hear about how bad training camp was simply because they had to get in shape, so coaches were running them ragged. You know, we're talking like three practices a day. You know, you're out there for, you know, a few hours each practice, and you're hitting every practice. And I understand a lot of it now is for player safety. But still, you have to work the guy somewhat, you know, at least a little bit. I don't know what they're looking for, what players today are looking for. I don't. I'm not an NFL player. I just know a lot of these guys, they they know they're good. They've been told that they're, they're great, you know, since they were – you know, young, they've been, you know, treated like, you know, people on a pedestal. It's just, I'm sure there's a lot of them out there on teams that have worked very hard to get where they want. But still, if you're alienating guys like that, I mean, look at Kenny Galladay. I mean, he's out there liking tweets about Matt Patricia getting fired. That guy, small school guy, you know, it's one of those things he's looking for the big paydays. He obviously worked to where, he, to where he's got. I mean, he's from Northern Illinois. I mean, that's not, you know, not a big-time school, not a Power 5 school. And he's came into the league and he's produced. He's worked himself there, so I got it. I mean, but then again, I mean, this guy's like, he alienated Darius Slay, which everybody knows I love big play Slay. You know, he actually started out at Juco. I mean, then he went to Mississippi State, came in, struggled. You know, his first year looked really bad. And everybody's like, oh, gosh, this guy's terrible. You know, I shook his hand. He came around. So I'm expecting the same out of Jeff Okuda. You know, he's number three, looking really bad right now. But let me get to training camp next year, shake his hand, and I'm sure stuff will turn around. But you have guys in the corner saying, well, you know, the team still backs him, you know, we're still behind him. We we like him. He's our, he's our coach. We like him. You're hearing this stuff, but then you, you have like former players. And don't get me wrong, I'm taking Eric Ebron with a grain of salt. No fan liked Eric Ebron. Okay, so yeah, Eric Ebron. Whatever you say, you sucked. A Sean Robinson. I mean, uh, he was a little bit of Sean Rogers to me. That guy could dominate when he wanted to. Awful scary. I mentioned it before. I, I wouldn't want to meet that guy in a well lit alley in the middle of the day. You know, let alone in a dark, let alone in a dark alley at night. But still, you know, he, he alienated that guy too. That guy could have been something. Maybe he just couldn't get motivated. Maybe he just didn't like the way he coached. Maybe he was just not connecting with the players like he should have today. I mean, everybody's like, well, little Bill Belichick does it. Bill Belichick has a lot of clout. I mean, he, he everybody's like, oh, look at he failed in Cleveland. Hey, he had turned Cleveland around. They were moving in the right direction as last year. Everybody knows the team was like, you know, Art Modell's like, we're moving the team. And pretty much the air went out of that team. They, they really found it difficult to play. I mean, that's a lot different circumstances as opposed to, like, we just don't like this guy coaching us anymore. We don't like running the hill at the end of practice. We don't like running wind sprints. You know, I I get it. I mean, the players keep themselves in shape. Maybe they don't need to, you know, run as hard. But still, you know, I mean, you hear some of the things that he was saying to players. I don't know. I mean, obviously his scheme wasn't working. Everybody's heard me talk about it. You know, the slow plotting linebackers, you know, what they do, no pass rush. You know, it's just, it just wasn't working. So, okay, it, it is. It's, you know, time to flip time to flip the script. You know, time to go. Bob Quinn, same with you. Everybody was pretty much, you know, wondering why did we get rid of Jim Caldwell. And once again, I know like Derek said, you know, I agree with Derek on this. I don't think Jim Caldwell was the guy to get you over that hump. There's always something, you know, where it just doesn't seem he has it. That type of coach is really good at getting you flipped. They'll take you so far, 
but then they're not gonna they're not gonna get you over that hump that Lions fans are looking for. You know, we're looking obviously Super Bowl, and I don't think Caldwell was there, but Caldwell was doing a whole hell of a lot better job than what Matt Pat was. He was connecting with the team at least, where it seems like there was some massive disconnect between Matt Pat and this team. So he had the pencil behind the ear. Everybody laughed at him. You know, oh, he looks like he had the hefty sack on. You know, wearing the black baggy windbreaker. You know, people were kind of poking fun at him after you know, you know, hurt his Achilles and you know was on the on the cart. You know, it's just like I said it before. I don't care how you sound on the mic, talking to reporters, coming off as strong-willed, bad. You know, as you know, Barney badass. If you can't back it up on the field, people are going to see right through you. And I think his team got there. With him, it's just like, yeah, okay, whatever, man. It's just whatever he's saying, it's in one ear and out the other. I'm sure he does have supporters on still here on the team. I think he was a great guy, great coach. You know, I wish the guy no one do harm. You know, you always hear like all these coaches that in, in GMs, people still, you know, you know, have so much vile for Matt Millen and Marty Morningwig and, you know, Rod Marinelli and everything like that. I think out of all those, the guys I hate the most is Rod Marinelli. I mean, dude, you were 0 16. You couldn't even get a team to win. But still, at this point, my feelings for Matt Millen, okay, they're gone. You know, once he was out there, it's gone. I'm going to be the same with Matt Patricia. I'm not going to be wishing this guy undue harm. His record is what it is. I mean, he's he not that great. I mean, he was just, it just didn't work out. I'm sure he's going to get a job somewhere else. You know, maybe once again, starting off maybe as a O-line, D-line coach and work his way back up. It's happened many times. Jim Schwartz, people are calling for him again because they loved his energy. It happens. You know, guys get fired. Wade Phillips was another guy. He's a hell of a defense coordinator. He's been a head coach a few different times. It just hasn't worked out. He's one of those guys that'll get you a certain point, but he won't get you over the hump. Wade Phillips is a better defense coordinator than he is as a head coach. I mean, Steve Spagnoli, he's another one. You know, it just, it just happened. It just worked. Dick LeBeau was another one. Former Lions great Hall of Famer, Dick LeBeau. I mean, he was a coach, a head coach at one time. It just didn't work out, but he's a hell of a defensive coordinator. I'm sure it's going to work out the same way for Matt Pat somewhere. He's going to land on his feet. Somebody will give him a job somewhere, you know, at least, you know, back in, and he can work his way back up. It just didn't work out here, and I'm happy to see him gone. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, at this point, you know, some of the teams, they're just ready for him to be gone. They don't care. I'm not saying Daryl Bevel is going to, you know, Corey Unling is going to come in and work these guys just as hard. It's at this point in the season – Bodies are worn down. Teams are getting thin with players. I mean, COVID's still out there. It's one of those things where I, I don't think they're real. I don't say they're not working hard, but the, the, it's just scheme right now. They're not running wind sprints. They're not doing full-on, you know, tackling drills at practice at this point. You know, that's just not happening. So guys are going to come out. I'm sure they're going to work hard. But I'm sure the teams, a lot of the guys on the team are happy that Matt's Pat, Matt Pat's gone. There's a lot of fans. Matt Pat is gone along with Bob Quinn. I don't know. I know people, you know, Derek wants to get rid of Rod Wood, too. To me, he's just a bean counter. He's the guy that's just like, yeah, the money fits under the table. If they're, if your GM and head coach are allowing, is allowing somebody like Rod Wood to do personnel decisions, that just means they're awful weak. That, that's all that is. I mean, that's not Rod Wood's job. It should never be. It's like, dude, you are the bean counter, okay? That's what you are. Okay, you're you're the you're the you're the president. You know, you handle stuff internally with the team. Nobody should be taking your word on how a player looks and using it as excellent advice. You're not a scout. You're not a coach. You're not the GM. You're just the bean counter. Okay, stay there. Know you know your role. That that's all there's to you. You know, Sheila Ford Hamp, same thing. You're the owner. You own the team. You can do what you want. I got it. You're the one writing the checks. I got it. But still, hire good people. Put them in place. Let them do their job. That's going to be a successful franchise. I mean, I said it before. I mean, I, I know people like rip on me for it, but it's just like, hey, 
It's, it's the Steelers. They, the Rooney's own the team. It's just like, as long as you don't make the team look bad, you do what you need to do. I mean, they don't go through a whole lot of coaches. You know, it's got to be the same way in New England. You know, it's like Bill Belichick, don't make us look bad. Yeah, this is a down year for him. I highly doubt Bill Belichick's, you know, job is on the line. I mean, then you can have your muddling, you know, that your, your owners that muddle, like Jerry Jones. You know, once again, I'm, I'm the smartest guy. I know a lot of stuff about football. You know, I don't want to talk about the Cowboys. We all know how I feel about the Cowboys. But still, Sheila Fordham, hire the right people. Let them, let them do what you're paying them to do. Nobody wants to hear how you feel about how this wide receiver looks or how this defensive tackle plays. That's not your job. Just write the checks. Okay, that's all we need out of you. Rod Wood, nobody cares what you think about some guy's 40 time or what a linebacker looks like or, you know, if this offensive tackle's footwork is great. Nobody gives a crap, Rod Wood. I don't give a crap. Get your GM, get your scouts, get your head coach and his his coaches to do that. Don't muddle. Matt Pat, don't let the door hit you on the way out. I'm sure you'll land on your feet somewhere along with whoever is let go after this year. It doesn't matter, but I'm glad to see you gone. You're not that great. Out. The next point I want to talk about, I mentioned it before, what do the players have to play for now? And I'm sure everybody's to the point, like, oh, they're just playing for pride. We've all seen a lot of lean years around here for the Lions. We're playing for pride, playing for pride, playing for pride. Now they do have a number of guys that are under contract, but there are also a number of guys that will be not with this team next year. So they're going to have to put some stuff on tape. I'm not saying these coaches, you know, even the coaches at this point, I think they're out there just trying to do their best because there's a, you know, to put the best scheme out there to get, you know, stuff on tape for themselves as well. You know, Daryl Bevel. I mean, I was like, oh, if he goes 5-0, and is he going to be the head coach? Okay, this team's not good enough to go 5-0 and with what they have coming up. Okay, it's not going to happen. I'm, I think the team may play better. They might play with a little bit of a spark, kind of how Romeo Cornell has. They actually, the Houston Texans playing a lot better after they got rid of Bill O'Brien. I mean, but still, let's face it, the Texans have some talent. But, you know, that team wasn't rolling off a bunch of wins either. It's going to be the same way. Daryl Bevel, I think it's going to be one of those things. It's just one of those things where he's shown his leadership once again, what I can do and with adversity, taking this over, short notice. That's what he's doing. Corey Unlean, I don't know if he's still one of the, you know, his defense. I mean, I everybody knows how I felt about it. Matt Pat, it was still his defense. It was his scheme. Corey Unlean was just a figurehead out there watching the guys as Matt Pat was, you know, tooling around, checking out what the offense was doing, checking out what the special teams was doing, you know, then come back and watching more of the defense. That's what Corey Unlean was for, just to kind of give him advice. It was still Matt Pat's defense. So I believe he's going to be the one out there maybe having to run some schemes, maybe scheming up some different stuff against teams like, hey, what we didn't do this, you know, earlier in these games, this gives him a chance to, you know, maybe blitz more, throw different coverages out there. Who knows? That's going to be what Corey Unling's going to do. And as we know, for a bunch of players, I mean, there's still some guys under contract. They're pretty safe unless the Lions are willing to eat a lot of contract and take a big contract hit. I know a lot of people are like, you know, get rid of, you know, trade Matt Stafford. I mentioned that on last Friday's podcast. Maybe just sit him, you know, let that thumb heal. I'm sure Matt Pant wants to go out there. I don't know what's in his contract for incentives, you know, for – you know, how many yards thrown, passes, completions, percentage, something like that. I'm sure there's some incentives in his contract that he can hit. Same with some of the other players. Everybody's like, oh, get rid of Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers, I don't think you can do that simply by where his contract is at, the hit that it would take, maybe the year after, but not but, but not this year coming up. And 
there's other guys that are just like it is a contract year. You think everybody's kind of thinking Kenny Galladay is going to be back now. He just didn't want to play for Matt Pat. All of a sudden, he's going to be healthy enough to play. Um, I still think Marvin Jones. I don't think he's at the end of his you know at the end of his run or Danny Amendola. I mean, they I mean, they may not come back to Detroit. Detroit may not want them back. They might want to go in a different direction. But these guys have got to put some, you know, kind of a little more stuff on tape. Simply because they are getting a little long in the tooth. They got to show, hey, we're still, we're still out there. We can still play. You know, you know, sign us in once again a one year and send them late in deal. Maybe a couple years, something like that. That's what those guys are there for. A lot of those young offensive linemen are there at this point. Guys like Joe Dahl, you know, those guys, if they can get back on the field. Abushi, we all know what he can do. Crosby, he's another guy that needs to get some good stuff on tape. Hal Vitae has looked utterly terrible. This has got to be one of the biggest, you know, bust free agent signings. Free agent signings. This guy needs to get back on the field and show some stuff. I mean, I think a few episodes ago we talked about it with Logan, how his contract up front really is not that bad, but once it hits a certain year, he, you know, that's where he starts to get paid more. And I think this is going to be one of those times where we're going to look at this and it's like, okay, we're going to eat what this guy got and get rid of him because that guy's been utterly terrible. I mean, they have Taylor Decker signed. I mean, he's not my favorite player. He's having a decent year. I will give him that. Ragnall's really come around. Guys like Jonah, uh, Jonah Jackson. At this point, do you try to get Stenberg on the field to kind of look a little bit at him? Once again, just a fourth-round pick. You know, nothing's really invested in the guy yet. But still, guys like that, you know, try to get him on the field. Guys like uh, Sean Hand, you know, this guy might want to get try to get back on the field a little more to show a little more what he can do. Those other defensive tackles, Danny Shelton, Nick Williams, all those, you know, those guys that haven't really done that much this year. You know, Danny Shelton has a splash play here or there. Nick Williams, that guy's been on milk cartons a whole lot. That whole linebacking core, you can brush him out with a broom. They all, I mean, like I've said it before, I'm sorry Jalen Reeves maybe didn't work out or fit in Matt Pass' scheme. I, I don't see him coming in, you know, with even with a new coach, and they're like, hey, man, this guy can play. This guy's going to be a starter. I think he is what he is at this point. Um, a few like Miles Killebrew, those guys, you know, they just they, they might have to put some stuff on tape to show a little more than just, hey, I'm just a, I'm just a special teamer. I mean, so... That's what they have to do. I mean, it is. It's the playing for pride. But right now, you're you're putting stuff on tape to play for a job next year, either with this franchise or you know somebody else. Because I think when a new coach comes in here, they're going to be looking to go in a completely different direction, at least with the defense. So a lot of those guys in the defense may be looking for a job next year. So they got to put some tape out there. So yeah, playing for pride, playing for this is my job. I love football. I can still play. You know, this is what I can do. So. It's got to be a big five weeks for these guys. Everybody knows that we've all heard it before. It's the bad thing about being a Lions fans. How many times at what point in the season, by this point in the season, we're here, oh, they're out there playing for pride. And, you know, they win one of those games you don't expect them to. And everybody's like, oh, gosh, if we would have lost, he would have had this draft pick instead. At this point, you can't help it. You're They're pros. They don't want to lose. They don't care about next year draft pick because chances are they won't be here anyways. So yeah, they're gonna go out there and play hard and try to win. And even if you know, um, was it uh, if uh, Daryl Bevel does go five and zero, I don't think he's coming back unless his unless the offense looks miraculous and they're just throwing up forty points a game. And Corey Unlin, he ain't gonna be back unless this defense all of a sudden becomes the the steel curtain. But that's not gonna happen either. I mean, they might have an uptick or two, a little bit more energy, but I don't. I can't see any one of those guys come back. 
the only guy I can really see him come back is maybe Coombs, the special teams coach, because we've, we've all we all mentioned how good the special teams has been this year. That guy may be sticking around. And if a uh, new head coach is pretty wise, unless you're looking to get, that guy's looking to give one of his cronies a job, look at this guy. This guy's really got the special teams working for Detroit. Yeah, Matt Prater's missed some field goals, but that's not that's not on him. I mean, special teams is more like you know you know making sure blocking assignments are are there for punting and 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 field goals and extra points. You know, kick coverage, you know, kick returns. That's what those guys do. Okay, and this guy's done a lot for this team, and this would be the guy, the only coach really on this team I would look to keep. So, once again, the play for pride, we got it. That's that's what's left out there. So, uh, I'm not happy about it. I know you guys aren't either, but where this team is right now, it's you know, once again, it's another reset, sorry to say. Another thing that kind of caught my attention this week so far was after the announcement that... Uh, that Matt Pat was let go. Oh, Herman Moore went out there to, you know, put something, either, you know, do a little video or whatever it was, Instagram, saying how the Lions should really look at Chris Spielman, you know, as a coach, you know, because he's old school, want to put up with it, hold people accountable. And this may be one of those things, I, I, I saw his point, you know, it's like I think Chris Spielman would make a great coach. I don't think he has that – uh Let's see, I mean, his brother Rick, GM in Minnesota, so obviously it runs in the blood. Everybody's thinking, no, no, we did this with Matt Millen before. You can't just take a guy out of the booth. Well, San Francisco did it with John Lynch, and I realize, you know, that's a little, you know, I don't know if it's, I want to say a little different per se, but still, I mean, part of its mentality as well. I mean, that's what it is. A lot of these guys are, you know, are former players, you know. everybody's There's people out there pining for Lewis Riddick to come in and be the GM. I mean, he sounds great on the four-letter network. And everyone's like, oh, get him in here, get him in here. And it, it kind of worked out, you know, for the Las Vegas Raiders as well. I mean, Gruden was a coach. He went to the booth. He was doing the quarterback thing. Yeah, that team is missing a little bit of talent. Yeah, I realized it just got run by Atlanta. But still, I mean, where that team is, you know, what they're doing, you know, even their GM, his name escapes me right now. He used to be on the NFL network. And it kind of it, it annoys me. I can't remember his name. It could work out if Chris Spielman. I mean, if I'd, I want to call this guy the GM, I don't know if I'd want him as the GM. But this guy with no head coaching experience, uh, I, I can't. I I I, I don't want to go that way. I mean, it, it, like everybody's like, well, you know, like I said, Matt Millen and John Lynch. But Matt Millen was in a little different position. He was kind of given the keys to the whole castle. I mean, he was president as well. And it's often, it's often remarked how, uh, you know. He he talks about it in interviews Matt Millen does, how, like, he was handling stuff with, like, HR and people, like, days off and stuff like that. And he's like, I don't care about that. I just want to, I just want you know, football. But that's not what he was hired here for. So if you're a GM, you're not worrying about all that stuff, too. You're really looking at players. You're looking at getting the right ones on the field, you know, development, stuff. That's what the GM does, where Matt Millen was given a lot more than that. And there's that famous story I heard, and actually not too long ago, after Matt Millen was hired, he walked into Ford's office and goes, uh, I've never done this before. And Ford was like, uh, you'll learn. What? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not what they should be doing at this point. This, this team, you know, they have a great fan base. Me and Derek, you know, 
Everybody knows I've been a fan a long time. Derek's been a fan. Derek's been a fan utterly through a lot of lean years, so I'm surprised he hasn't jumped ship. I mean, because I know a lot of people who would and say, like, okay, I'm done. But for what Derek has seen with this team, for the amount of futility and only a good year here or there, I have to give kudos to Derek for hanging out. I, I really do, because I am utterly amazed by that. And I know we get on shows, and I'm like, dude, don't bust on my fandom. We kind of go at each other. But I really got to hand it to him for sticking around. So I don't know if giving Chris Spielman that position, you know, it really works for this team. This team, everybody's like, no, they need somebody with head coaching experience. But what are you looking for? Are you looking for just a retread? People are calling for Urban Meyer. I've heard, oh, get Urban Meyer in here. It's just, I don't know if I want Urban Meyer because he's going to bring that college offense. And everybody's like, oh, look at Kingsbury and, and, uh, you know, look at Kingsbury down in Arizona. Well, you're right, but... For every game where Kyler Murray and that offense is throwing up some points, they went out to New England, and that team not that great, and they pretty much shut down Kyler Murray. And once again, that's Bill Belichick doing doing a great scheme. He's a hell of a head coach. But still, I mean, that type of offense can be really hit or miss. And Urban Meyer, I mean, you know, sure, people, you know, I'm, I'm going to give the guy props for what he did and, you know, I'm not here to talk college football, but I don't know if I'd want Urban Meyer. Everybody's like, give him everything, everything. Full control. Are you kidding me? Everybody knows that pro football is so much different than college football. People are calling for Nick Saban. And Nick Saban's a hell of a college coach. But I can't see guys like him coming back to the pros. It's it's no different than John Calipari in basketball. You know, pros, you can't get, you're not out there getting the top picks every every year. You don't get the first seven, eight picks. Like you do in college. College, like, yeah, it's a lot of recruiting. But once you have it established, guys are flocking to come to your school. You know, it's just like those five-star recruits are, are flocking to come there. Same with basketball. Calipari, your five-star recruits are coming to, for you to coach them. That doesn't work that way in the pros. These are grown men with contracts, you know. And that's why I, I, I don't really want Urban Meyer. I, I really don't. I know on last week's show I mentioned Lincoln Riley. I'm not po- really pining for Lincoln Riley either, but if they were going with a college coach, that would be the guy I'd want. But I still really still don't want a college coach. Everybody heard what I took last Friday. I wouldn't mind Robert Sal- oh, was it Sala out of the defense coordinator for San Francisco. But then people are like, well, Matt Patricia had a better resume than, than Sala did. But still, he's that fiery coach that Derek pines for, even I sort of pine for, that stoic look on the sideline that, you know, Matt Pat thinks he's Bill Belichick, you know, never, oh, never waver. And I want the team to know I'm the captain of the ship and I never show nervousness. But it's okay to jump up once and, you know, really pump your fist when something good happens, when a big play happens. I mean, you know, smiling off the field. If, if that's the type of coach, Matt Pat is fine, whatever. But I think this team needs some energy. I mean, so lifeless every once in a while. And I'm not a big rah-rah guy. There's a difference between being a, a really emotional coach, like somebody like a John Gruden head coach, where you're emotional. Even a Dennis Green at some point. I wasn't even the biggest fan of Dennis Green, but that guy was an emotional coach, and he had some good teams. He didn't get him to the Super Bowl, but still, I mean, he did. But then you see those guys, you hear Rob Ron, like teams just kind of tune them out. Because once again, they're growing. It's, it, it's all about how it comes across, what you're doing. And I think Robert um, Sala can be that guy. But Chris Spielman, I, I know he's fiery, but I don't know if I want that guy. I, I, I really like him. He's one of my favorite players of all time, one of my favorite lines of all time. I mean, everybody knows I'm a big Michigan fan. But still, I have so much respect for Chris Boomman when he was at Ohio State. I'm, I'm watching him as a kid. I'm like, wow, he's really good. When the Lions drafted him, I'm like, yes, they got him. You know, they got this guy. He's really good. He's going to be really good. And he was. He was a great Lion. 
but I don't know if I want that guy in the GM position. I mean, it, maybe if it was one of those things he was kind of groomed, I, I could almost live with it. If he was already kind of in a position like that, in a front office position, I would be okay with it. But even though he's very knowledgeable in football, but I don't know if I want him as a head coach. The guy knows, I mean, he's obviously knows a lot about football, forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. But I don't know if I want this guy running my team right now. And never, I know Derek's mentioned it before, the guy's never, you know, getting somebody who's never called a play as your coordinator, you know, always in a position. I can kind of see that point too. I mean, Chris Spielman knows a lot about defense being, you know, stud middle linebacker. But do you want this guy doing doing every you know calling everything, picking everything out? He probably could, but I guess it depends on how much how much slack we're, we're giving this new coach. I mean, Lions fans have been waiting a while, and we see the reset all the time. They're they're impatient. They want something done as soon as possible. We've seen quick turnarounds in, in other cities, and everybody's kind of wondering. It's like I mentioned Arizona, you know. A couple years ago, they were laughing stock. Look at them now. Yeah, they got Kyler Murray and they got the offense. But still, I mean, at least they're relevant. You know, at, at least they're there to be in some sort of relevance, you know, to it. Miami's turning around a little bit. I was like, well, they got Tua. Well, they, they've won some games without Tua. They've done it with, you know, obviously the journeyman Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, still, I mean, I have to give them credit. You know, I mean, they, they've turned it around rather quickly on that. It, it can happen. It's just, it, it'll take a little more than a year. They, they really got to know what's on this team. I saw somebody say, well, the Lions drafted for vis- versatility, so this quick this turnaround might not be so bad. I mean, I guess it depends on where you're versatile at and what they're good at. I mean, yeah, they drafted these versatile linebackers and D-linemen, but they don't get any pressure, and the linebackers are slow in plotting. So I, I don't know what versatility got there. If you want fast attacking guys, that's not it. I mean, you know, that, that that's not it at all. So, I, it's just Chris Spielman, I love the guy. I think he would be a hell of a coach, but I think he's got to start somewhere before I'm looking to give this guy authority to, you know, either take over a whole team or start picking players and everything for it. That's, you know, like I said, I, love, I just want to want Herman. Love you too. Is, is, you know, Lions great. You know, you know, I know I've met you in person at Spot. You know, you know, been able to get a photo op with you and stuff. But still, I love your point of view. And I'm sure I would take it. And I know even on Derek's podcast that he does, the Believe in Lions podcast with Benny Blades, Benny Blades is, you know, he talks about Chris Spielman a lot, how they always had these contests, you know, to get to the ball first. That's a, that's a big difference than, you know, running a team and, you know, picking a team to get on the field. So I would shy away from Chris Spielman right now as, you know, either head coach or GM. That's just me. So uh, once again, I just wanted to uh, talk about, uh, you know, I mentioned it here a second ago, and that's uh, Derek's Believe in Lions podcast. Does it with Benny Blades. It's a great show. Um, Here's a little blip. Um, Derek will put it in there and let you know a little bit more about it. Um, Give it a listen, and I'll be right back. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakry of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, and this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors, but today I want to tell you about my other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions, and that's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcasting Network with both myself 
and Lions legendary safety Benny Blades. Yeah, you know who he is. The hard-hitting safety Benny Blades played for the Lions. He also played for the U. You know what it is. The University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes. He mentions it multiple times the show. Benny loves to talk about his Hurricanes, his Lions, and I love to play this soundbite on the show. We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk Lions. Like I said, he brings up the Hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's, it's a really fun show. Benny loves the Lions. He tells great stories from his playing days, as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe. B-L-E-A-V and Lions with myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Detroit Kool-Aid, everybody. This is Griff coming at you here on a Friday. Once again, uh, me and Derek doing our solo shows once again. No, we don't hate each other. Just this time of year, we get busy, and it's where we run into each other. I'm sure me and Derek will be back talking to each other next week, arguing with you guys, waiting to pull your hair out, waiting to the catchphrases and the buzzer. And uh, I know Derek likes doing that, and you know, I try to give you as many catchphrases as I can because I know that's kind of my thing too. So I know some people think they're not that great, but I like doing them. And once again, I mean, you'll, you'll hear them all again. They'll be back. So once again, if you like us, hit subscribe. You know, tell your friends. You know, give us a listen. And you know, our Shows, you know, growing, you know, little by little each time. It's just um, it's a fun thing me and Derek do. So, yeah, if you like us, you know, leave us a review. Every little bit helps and uh, keeps us going. So, um, um, just second part of the show, once again, just wanted to mention about the Bears game coming up. And, you know, it's, it's, it's near the end of the season. Like I said, the Lions are playing for pride. They're going to Soldier Field. Um, you know, it's Chicago, so, you know, crappy weather. Yeah, it can be that way. I'm sorry, I haven't seen the weather report in the city of Chicago for Sunday, so I I don't know exactly what the weather it'll be. Um, Stafford's got the hurt thumb still, and um, like I said, hopefully the defense and everybody's looking to you know turn over a new leaf, play a little, play harder, you know, to go out there and try to maybe avenge this loss, you know, from the first game of the season. You know, Mitch is back out there at the quarterback, and we all know how he's pretty much owned the Lions, and he pretty much sucks against everybody else, but he's owned the Lions. So, well, Matt Patricia's gone now, so uh, maybe something else can work its way out because if anybody saw that Sunday night game against Green Bay up in Green Bay, God, yeah, yeah, Mitch played decent in the fourth quarter, but once again, Green Bay was kicking the tail out of him, so they were like kind of slug, you know, slugging back a little bit. You know, it's like, hey, the clock's our ally. Mitch is out there, you know, completing passes because there's nobody really guarding anybody. First three quarters were, you know, Green Bay's like, okay, we're going to make you pay. You know, you're going to have to earn stuff. And Mitch, by the way, Mitch is a dog's name. Um, he just he just didn't look that great. He's not that great a quarterback. But he shows up against the Lions for some odd reason. So, as we've seen before, you know, I can tout the players that they got. The run game is still Montgomery's back. You know, he's... You know, 
good running back. They still got uh, Allen Robinson. You know, their offensive line, I, I believe their offensive line is pretty def- um, decent. Their defense has played better than I thought this year. Maybe I just always, you know, sell the, sh- the Bears defense a little short. But still, I mean, that defense has its hit or miss games. They look good some games, and they look like utter crap more other games as well. I don't see why, you know, with the turned over the new leaf. And I know at this point, Lions fans are just like, just tank it. Get the best season you want. You know, get the best draft pick you want. You know, that we can try to get. Don't go out there and win. But like I said, you got coaches, players. They're trying to do their best for, you know, to put something on tape for jobs. And they're not going to go out there and just slough it off. So us as Lions fans can hopefully, you know, get a higher draft pick to get a better player. That's going to be the new GM's job to see what talent they got here. Maybe work some trades, something like that. But I can't see, you know, this team just going out there and laying down, especially some of the guys if they're looking to play. Like I mentioned, Seth Stafford. I mean, yeah, who you're going to? Chase Daniel. Guys, but obviously just a journeyman. Fine. Whatever. You know, let Stafford heal up. I know Stafford wants to be out there, but still. Heal up so maybe if you're looking to trade him, there. Everybody knows what he can do. He has nothing else left to show. It's not like he's going to get some unhidden talent, you know, that everybody's like, oh, wow, he can do that. No, we know what he can do. He is what he is at this point. And if you're able to trade him away, I mean, yeah, you're going to take a little bit of a cap hit, but that's one of those things like, fine, rest him. I mean, if you're really looking at a tank, that's what you would do right there. Stop playing other guys. Tell them to, you know, slough off a little bit. You know, that sounds stupid. Kenny Galladay, he's out there. This guy's going gonna to want to come back because he's going to want to get paid. This guy's not going to want to miss the rest of the season. And I'm sure his agent can, you know, work some stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, it lingered. We all see what you all seen what he can do when he's healthy, you know, you know, stuff like that. But I think at this point, if he's looking for a bigger payday, he's going to have to go out there and put some more numbers up. So I think he's going to come back at some point this year. Um. Other guys that have been injured, you know, try to get on the field as well. I think you're going to have to start playing some of those. Try to maybe get some of those younger guys out there as well. I mean, I mean, Tavai's out there still, but we all we all kind of see what he can do. I mean, everybody knows I'm not a fan of Christian Frankenstein Jones. You know, Derek's like, well, it's PFF. He stops a run. Yeah, he stops a run pretty good, but that guy can't cover a coffee table. You know, Reggie Raglan, I think that guy sucks too. You know, he's slow and plotting. I know Derek likes how he comes up with these one-liner quips and, you know, during interviews and stuff. Once again, just because you're good on the mic doesn't mean you're a good football player. You know, this isn't wrestling. Just because you're on the mic and you sound good on the mic, you're going to be a star. Reggie Waglin's slow and plotting. He doesn't make any great plays. He doesn't do any really splash plays. I don't like him. You could kick rocks. See you later. Uh, the defensive backfield, um, you know, A-O. That guy, I mean, once again, he's kind of hit or miss, but still, I, I believe he is improving. You know, doing better. Trufan, I believe we, he is what he is at this point. Okuda, I think that guy needs to get healthy and get back out on the field just to show something. I mean, yeah, you're going to be here. Nobody's going to cut you. You're still on a rookie contract. But you need to go out there, and every snap you take can only help. It's the more you see at this point as a rookie quarterback being one of the hardest positions to transition from to college. I'm a true believer in that. I know I make fun of it when people say that pretty much like any position. Oh, quarterback, tight end, offensive tackle, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But cornerback, you know, especially in the pros, with the way some of these guys run routes, the double moves they they make, their quickness breaking in and out. 
I think the more Okuda sees can only help his game. So I, I want that guy to heal up as soon as possible to get him back out on the field, especially with where this team is at right now. Tracy Walker, same thing. Stay out on the field, learn something else. Will Harris, you've been a major disappointment. I mean, everybody's kind of like, you know, yeah, it's the guy we got for Golden Tate, the draft pick. You've been a major disappointment, missing tackles and, you know, not not playing all that well. I mean, he may may be another guy you want to get on the field, see exactly what he can do under a new regime or at least interim coaches at this point. You know, Jared Davis, I mean, I don't want this guy back. I mean, he is what he is. Yeah, he's fast, and yeah, he can blitz, and that's what he's okay at. But if you're not going to use him that way as a middle linebacker, I mean, that guy needs to be a, a read and react. I mean, you want middle linebackers like a Chris Spielman, like a Mike Singletary, like a – I mean, you're not going to get a butt kiss or a Nitschke. Come on. I mean, really. I mean, Joe Schmidt, former line, great. The guy doesn't get enough pub because he played on the lines, and he was on some great lines defenses, but he also played against, you know, Lombardi's Packers, and everybody knows how I feel about that. Packers don't get calls or anything like that simply because the trophy's named after their former coach. But Joe Schmidt was a hell of a linebacker. I mean, those are guys that you're looking for, what they want them, what you want them to do. Read and rack quickly, make plays. That's what those guys do. And Jared Davis just doesn't do enough of it. So I, you can put him on the field, you know, okay. Get him out there. He is what he is at this point. I don't see this guy busting out into anything new. Like I said, I mentioned some of the young offensive linemen as well. Do you put Stenberg out there? Joe Dahl is your are, is, is your career in Detroit pretty much done. Crosby is your career in Detroit pretty much done as well. Or do you still have a little more? By you know Hal Vitae, you're utterly terrible. Go work at the bowling alley with Brandon Pettigrew. See you later, buddy. You know I don't know why the line signed you. You're just a big freaking waste. Uh, Quintus Cephas, get him on the field some more. Let's see what he can do. I think at this point, getting Hawkinson some more snaps. You know that that's always a plus. Second year, he's he's improved. Um, his blocking's gotten better. You know, he's obviously in a lot of games becoming the viable threat. I think there's times where they try to force it to him and it really cost him. But um, there's times where, you know, he's obviously, he is where he is. What he is. You know, I'm still not happy with it. He's the number eight pick. Still don't like Titans taking that high. Still don't really like Titans in the first round at all. But he's really improving. Um, Swift, this is a guy if I mentioned in the last show if the guy's going to get healthy. You know, I think the more snaps he sees, better. But you're going to want to tread lightly with that guy because once one concussion happens, they seem easier to get. Carry on, get that guy in the field more. Peterson, we all seen what Adrian Peterson can do. He is what he is at this point. The guy's got old really fast during the season. He's aged a whole hell of a lot this year. And fine, put him at the number two. You know, whatever you want to do with him. Jonathan Williams, obviously, that guy had trouble hanging on to the ball. You know, he fumbled in in the game and against the Texans on Thanksgiving. So that guy's not going to be around. He's just there right now. So just get the young guys on the field at this point and go in Chicago, get the stuff on tape, not saying lay down. But at this point, neither team, I mean, I guess technically the Bears have a little more out there than to play for than what the Lions do. But this is a big play for pride game. But I don't know what it is. Mitch Trubisky just shows up against the Lions. And, God, I really don't want him to go 0-5 down the stretch. But, I don't know. They just don't seem to play very well in, in Chicago. So, But still, I think this team's going to have a little, little life without Matt Pat in their ear or on the sideline. So, I'm going to pull an upset on this one. I'm going to have Detroit win this one. I'm going to have them win this one 24-20. 
Detroit goes into Chicago, pulls an upset with uh, Daryl Bevel as the interim coach and maybe Corey Unlin actually calling the defenses as opposed to, like, trying to do Matt Pat's scheme of, you know, don't attack anybody, let the cornerbacks cover for, you know, 45 seconds and have the quarterback go through his read, you know, four or five times. So um, I'm going to pull the Lions in the upset on this one. I'm going to go Lions uh, 24 and Chicago 20. So uh, that's what I got for this Friday. I'm glad everybody listens. I mean, Derek, we should be back together next week. You know, once again, you know, hit subscribe if you like us. Tell us your friends. And as always, drink it in, man. Drink it in, man.